guy next week. We're going to talk about Shape Up, and this original theme is not from mine. I'm going to give it to my wife. I'm surely she can handle the three, six, eight pound. I don't know. I can throw it at Rich. Thank you. So what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the physical shape. I'm talking about the spiritual shape. And this original idea of shape is not mine. I got it from the Perfect Driven Life book written by Rick Warren. And, and you'll find it on the outline. you find it if you'd like to do more research. But I'm going to piggyback on his ideas. Great idea. Because one of the goals we're going to talk about is how do I find my ministry? Where do I go? Where do I fit? And this is where we're going to give you. We're going to give you the tool to help you channel and find a direction where God can use you. Because, you see, he made you just as you are to find some kind of ministry. So we're going to use the letter shape. So take a look on the slide here, Ephesians 2.10. And here it says we are his workmanship. In other words, you and I are his masterpiece. There are none like you. You're an individual in Christ Jesus, so we get to do nothing. Oh, that's what it said? No. We are in his workmanship in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's not for me or the leader. That's all of you who are Christian. God has designed each of us to be in shape. We need to discover, we need to develop your shape so you can serve and give God glory. So I'm going to give you five factors using the letter shape. So the first one here, if you look on the slide and you've got a feeling of your outline, the first aspect is spiritual gifts. Write that in, spiritual gifts. It's a profile that you can take and understand your gifts. You can find this in Romans chapter 12 between verse 4 and 8. And there's about seven layers that talk about. Some of you might have the gift, because this only applies to those who have been baptized believers. Because right when you come out of the water, God gives you this gift. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You've got it. Some of you have the gift of prophecy. In other words, you tell the truth black and white. Some of you have the gift to serve. You just naturally get up and love to serve. Some have the ability to teach, like what I'm doing here, Sunday school, other aspects of teaching. Some of you are in a great encouragement. You come up and you just encourage people when they're down. I mean, the blazer really need to get some encouragement. So those of you who have that gift, go get them. And then some of you have the ability to give and generosity. God gives you the ability to make lots of money, not to keep, but to share and give those who need help. Some of you have the ability to be administrators, to lead. Another one, you have the gift of mercy. Now, these are inner motives. Now, as we mature as a Christian, all of us should have this attribute. But the inner motive is what God gave you. Well, I was baptized back in 1983 in Spokane. It was the same year that we were doing the profile. Brother Dr. Larry A. Smith, we call him Smitty, were doing the weekly training, and we were able to do the profile. And after I took my test, I discovered, to my amazement, one of my strong areas was administrative, to lead. I had no idea. And then a couple years later, I moved down here, and, and I joined him with Dave. Pastor Dave at a Bible college, and at that time, Dave was running the organization called the Single Retreat, Northwest Single Retreat. He was in charge. He had that gift, and I visited there a couple times. It's right here in Washougal, just north here to the campground. Every year, we had the Northwest Single Group. Dave was a single. He's in charge. So when I came down here, I joined the committee, and I was his, his right-hand man. Dave would kind of 
walk me through the ropes. And so on the day of the retreat on the weekend, I had a clipboard. I would learn how this worked. You know, how do you work with the cook and the administrator? How do you get the speaker and, and the prize and all that? So I was learning the ropes. Then later that year, he decided to jump ship. Yeah, he got married. How dare he do that? And when you get married, we, we promote you. You go bye-bye. You're no longer part of the single group. You see what's coming? And so we had our next meeting, and we had people represent from Spokane and, and, and Seattle and Portland and Eugene. Some people from Northern California, either represent single would come together. And one of our represent senior advisors named Brother Charles Daly was there, and, and he said, the first business of order, who's going to take Dave's spot? Nobody said a word. They all look at me. I said, what are you looking at me for? And they're all smiling. Yeah, you got it. Dave left this mess in my lap. <laughs> but really, it's not a mess. It was a blessing because I was able to use my gift as administrative ability. I had no idea what I'm doing. None. But God gave me this gift, and I was able to be advised by Dave and the rest of the people, and, and, and I was able to do it for the next five, six years. It was a good blessing because I was able to use my gift to move forward. God wants you to find your ministry, and this is one area, so you can take the profile and discover what part of your gift. And I can thank Dave to help me launch in this particular area because it really helped launch and meet the other administrative gift that God gave me, and there's a project. But it began with this single retreat, and I did well, and I learned, and I grew, and I developed. The second part, the letter H, is your heart. What is that passion you have? What is, what is the thing that you love? God gave you that ability, that love. See, when I grew up in high school, I loved country music. Unfortunately, the rest of my high school, they're, they're just not as bright I am. They like rock and roll. And every time I get into the car, they put me way in the back. Why? Because I can't touch that radio dial. Because I want to do it on country, rock and roll, country, rock and roll. Matter of fact, I try to influence my daughter. Ask me to love country. He, she hates country. My favorite tune, I was country when country wasn't cool. That was me. But see, each one of you have different uh, passions to love. Matter of fact, there are certain subjects you love. See, I discovered, we discovered that if you don't love it, you're not going to do well. Look at all the stuff that you guys do well. And the only reason why you do well is because you have your heart into it. You love what you do. Some of you love to cook and speak. And, and I love to drive. <laughs> yeah, you know what happened to that one. But what is it that you love? And so once you discover your spiritual gift and then discover what is, what's, what's, because you don't have your heart in, you're not going to do well. You notice on the subject that you just, if your heart's not into it, you don't do well. But when you put your heart into it and you love it, guess what? You're successful. You, you strive on that. So take a look what you're passionate about. What's it you're enthusiastic about? So that gives you number two. Number three, letter A, write this down. It is your ability. This is something we've all been born with. I was born with the ability with great athletics. I led her in all my sports. I played football, basketball, and tennis. I didn't play baseball in high school because they tried to follow the Charlie Brown team that never win. But in tennis, I went to state tournaments several times, but I was very athletic. Some of you have the gift of gavel. Some of you have the gift to, to work on a mechanic. So what is that ability that you have that you can help serve? Don't do something you don't know how. For example, that, again, I think I have the ability to drive, but no one will give it to me. 
I think it has something to do, you need to see where you're going. That's why I drive by Braille. Who needs to see where you're going? Just follow the bump. But let me give you understanding. There's a difference between ability and the passion of love. You see, when I was in Spokane, and I would get involved in a whole bunch of ministry, I just jumped in. And keep this in mind. When you guys experience different ministry, you're not sure, jump in. And if you fail, it's not a failure. It's just experimental that it didn't work. Move on. Well, one of the things that I did when I was going to school, of course, I was in Spokane being the art graphic, and they do a whole bunch of solo special numbers. I thought, cool, because part of my schooling, I learned to play guitar. I know that shocked some of you. And, and I, play, I only played in the, in the shower, and that's why my guitar is warped. I don't understand. I, it doesn't do well under the water, I guess. But I love to play, and so I signed up, and I, I took the songbook, and I practiced on a solo, and I, I got up, and they gave me the microphone, and I sang a couple solo up there to bless the congregation, or I thought. And then 1985, I moved down here in Jordan Day, that's the Bible college, and, and the church here were doing the same thing. They had special numbers. Like, oh, cool. So I signed up for one of them, and I went back and started practicing. I got up and did my solo. And one of the preachers there, Brother Daly, pulled me to the side and said, Brother, we have two teachers here in our congregation. They can't understand the word you said. Meaning, don't do it again. You see, I had the passion. I had the love to be on the praise team, but I don't have the ability. Oh, I have the ability. I had the ability to clear the house if I'm not here singing. <laughs> and so you need to understand that just because you have the passion for it, make sure it's tied into the, the ability. For example, I just told you, I'd love to drive, but I don't have the ability to drive. Why? Because it has nothing to do with you know, shifting gear and putting the foot on the gas and the brake. It has something you need to see where you're going. I got that. Give me your key and let me demonstrate. I know it's not going to happen. So take a look what's your ability and just give you a, a guideline where you can serve and help God. The next one, number four, is your personality. After Bible college and a couple years later, I went ahead and got some more training, and I am a certified behavior personality consultant. And each one of you have different gifts. You've got different personalities, very unique. Some of you are introverts, some of you are extroverts. Some of you are a thinker, some of you are more emotional feeling. Some of you like the routine project, some of you like variety. And yet some of you work well in an individual project. Some of you are very w comfortable working with teams. That's different personalities. Matter of fact, that before Dave and Lori launched here at the church plant, they had to go through a weekend assessment to find out, hey, do they have the right stuff? And one of the assessments they took this very same personality. Uh, the one that I use is DISC, is the one that I really like. And they did the profile, and both Dave and Lori said, yep, you've got the right stuff. You see, what happened is church plant is not for everybody. It's not. And so you need to find out what is your personality. Again, you can take your profile and see what your weakness and strength and develop and grow. See, about 20 years ago, there was another preacher, a friend of mine, who launched some church plant. And I knew because of my understanding of personality and understand his gift and stuff, he's not going to do well. Oh, he had the passion. He had the love to do it, but his personality doesn't fit right. He didn't have the experience. He didn't have the, the ability. And I recognize his spiritual gift. It's just not going to work. So out one out of five of this shape I'm talking about, it's not going to work. 
And sure enough, it only lasts for five, six years. Now, I don't call that a failure. I call that experiment. He tried something, it didn't work. He didn't have the right stuff. So it's important that you guys take the profile and understand your personality is different and go with it and run with it. And I love this personality because it really opened your eyes because you know what? You and I are different. There's nobody just like you. You're different. By the way, on that ability part, somebody said, well, I don't have any talent. Yes, you do. They did a research many years ago that average people have anywhere between 500 and 700 ability. You just haven't discovered yet. The last one is experiences. If you look on your outline, you notice the first one is your family experiences. What's some of the things you learned growing up? The second one is education. What are the subjects you enjoyed? The education experience. The third one is vocational experiences. What are some of the jobs that you find yourself very effective? The next one is the spiritual experiences. What is the, the kind of relationship you had with God? And you grow close. The last one, I have not written it there. Because this is one of the experiences, probably one of the most powerful and very meaningful in our ministry. Yet you probably have never thought about this at a ministry, but it's true. And I left it blank, and I want you to write it down. That is painful experiences. What is some of the hurts, the failures, the fears that you have? And sometimes you say, there's too much hurt. I'm not going to go there. But yet God can use it. Take a look in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 3 and 4. It said, blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our mercy, the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our affliction or trouble. Why? So we who are in any confliction or trouble, we can comfort other people who have that same affliction or trouble, which we ourselves are comforted by who? God. You see, we go through this hurt, this dark valley, because you can turn this into a ministry. What better way to, that if you have a special need, a disabled child, then run through the family who already gone through the process that can help you? What better way to go through the person who tackled the addiction and won that demon and showed a recover, and that person can help you get through? You see, if you look at the verse a little later in that chapter, you see Paul share his depression. We find that in verse 8 to 11, and you can read it a little later. You see that Paul almost died there. He was depressed. He thought he was going to be gone, and he was just out of gas. And said, pray God, God rescued them, and he got out of it. But yet, if, God, if Paul had not shared his story, how many people would not benefit through Paul's depression? I want to share my personal story. It's a tragic story to help you understand how this all works. About 15 years ago, it was the summer in August 19, uh, 2004, August 5th. Sydney and I were just kind of going to bed. It was Thursday night. Ashley was about five years old, a couple months shy of turning six years old. Her older brother's in Alaska, shy of turning 16, and helping out with his uncle and earn some money. And just before we got into bed, we saw somebody drove up in the driveway. Right away, we knew that something's not good. It was Cindy, mom and dad, coming through the front door. Immediately, we came down and let them in. We sat around the kitchen, and her mom said, Matthew had been shot, and he's dead. That's a tragic 
What happened was when he was up in Alaska, majority of people carried guns because he has to because in the wild. He met a friend named Norman, a couple years older, and they became friends. And they were in the bedroom and they were messing around with loaded guns. And after they realized the foolishness, they put the gun away. Norman had the big rifle and set it down and emptied the bullet. And Matthew, meanwhile, was laying on the bed and talking to another friend. He had the 45 sitting on his chest. Norman picked up the gun, thinking the bullet was taken out and pointed at the chest. Said, you feel lucky? Boom! Went right through the heart. He died instantly. I can tell you that Cindy do not remember the next 72 hours. We made some call to let other people know friends and family and church members came and gathered to comfort. And I can tell you right now, Cindy don't remember the first three days, but she does remember that there had been three or four families that stand out. Why? These three or four families, we had many people came through, family, church members, and, and friends, and th these people already experienced what Cindy's gone through. They share their loss of their child. Matter of fact, one of the families right here in Amunga that came 15 years ago. That's Jim and Marla Chapman. They ministered to Cindy in a small way. But I want to tell you that Cindy, before the three days up, decided to forgive Norman. That's a hard thing to do. It's biblical. But she chose to do that. Through the comfort that other people had gone through and Cindy willing to forgive, the other thing that kind of helped her get through the next six months is you see on the slide here, this is the painting that Cindy sees. Every night when she goes to bed, she sees the painting. Remind that Jesus died for her. And every morning she wake up, she come down the stairs, and there again, that painting. So that painting kind of reminds what Christ did on the cross. He died and buried and raised for our sin. A little later, they were, the, they were going to charge Norman with second-degree murder. We could not fly to Alaska, but they allowed us to set on the speaker system so that we can hear the court procedure. And they asked Cindy to share, and because he always told Norman that I forgive you, and they were going to charge him 20, 30 years in prison. And Cindy said, no. I recommend to give him the, the less year, like 10 years or less. So they, the judge took that into consideration and gave Norman only 10. He got out six and a half years on good behavior. We call, we wrote letter, we sent him Bible, Cindy's willing to give. It's not true for the rest of the members. They harbor bitterness and anger and hatred. Crucify him! Hang him! He need to burn in hell for taking away Matthew. That's their attitude, that's their feeling. Cindy choose not to go down that road. He released the hate, the bitter, and anger, and let it go. Because she did that, she's able to receive the joy, the peace, the love back into her heart. The rest of the mem members still had that bitterness and anger, and they couldn't feel alive, and Cindy's able to grow and expand. And Sure, the pain's still there, but she's free to serve others. And she was free to forgive Norman, not to carry that hate and bitterness and anger. But the story didn't stop there. A couple of years later, I, I go back on the road. And the reason why we're not here many of the time, I'm, I'm traveling, speaking here and there. So if I'm not here, chances are I'm speaking to different churches across the country. 
But that year, that summer, is no longer my ministry. We call it a blindsided ministry, but it was a family ministry. Here's how it worked. As we'd gone to different churches, as we'd go through the Sunday school, she was there about first or second year in grade school, and the Sunday school teacher came out. It is so delightful to have Ashley because she come in and just light things up and it just adds abundant life and just makes the class excited. That's a ministry. And then I come up and do my presentation and encourage people through my message. And right after the sermon, Cindy will be in the back of the congregation. Almost every church that it happened, there are two or three families gathered around her, not to encourage her, because our story got out. They heard our story. They understand what happened. But there were two or three families going through the same thing that she'd gone through a couple of years. She encouraged them. What about your hurt? What about your dark valley? You can take this and make it into a powerful ministry to help others get through those times. It's going to happen. Whether you're a Christian or not, we're all going to go through the dark time. What's so nice that God allowed people who have gone through to help you get through that time. And that's our ministry. 200 years ago, there was a gal who was born named Sandy Crosby. You might have heard of her. She had written some of the well-known hymn, one is called Blessed Insurance. But she didn't start writing until she was 45. And she kept writing until she died in 1915 at 95. So 50 years, and here's what's kind of cool. She wrote between eight to 9,000 hymns. Wow, I don't think I ate 8,000 meals. Okay, I lied. I did the unknown. I asked Google, I said, okay, Google, based on my age, based on 365 days of the year, and I programmed three meals a day, how many meals do you think I ate, Google? I wish I didn't ask. 64,000 meals! Now, that uncounts the dessert, the snack, and extra meal. So I'm probably pushing 100,000. Time for her. Overhaul, I guess. Wow. But that's not the amazing thing about Fanny Crosby. Here's what's amazing about her. She is, like me, total blind. She used, I am so thankful that she discovered and developed her shape to bless us by writing those hymns that we can benefit from her songs. Aren't you glad? And she didn't let her blindness say, she could easily say, I can't see, I can't write, I might just throw on their white towel. No, she found a way and she discovered her shape. And by doing that, you and I are blessed by her song that she wrote, many of them. What are you waiting for? Some of you guys have the ministry just ready to burst out. In order to develop and discover your shape, there are three things you need to be thinking about. Number one, don't wait till you do the profile before you get in. Remember, no matter what ministry like, what I've been spoken in, I got involved in all kinds of ministry. I didn't know what I was doing, but I got involved to find out, okay, this worked, not this didn't work. This one got potential. And you don't know that until you just jumped in. Try the greeting, try the, the teaching. Matter of fact, Chandler here, my son-in-law, he's going to do something he never done this summer. We kidnapped him to come to Clear Lake this year, July 7th to 12th. He's going to be a counselor, and I had one more that scared the daylight out of him. He's going to try drama. He had no experiences. I'm going to train him. He'll be fine. But 
The idea is he's going to get his feet wet, and he doesn't know until he's tried. A mega church have over 7,000 different ministries. And we got a lot of opportunity right here, whether it's being part of the worship team or it can be part of the greeting, and there's just a majority thing that you can involve. Try it. And I hope you give Robin the freedom. If you say, I want to be on the praise team, would you give her the benefit of doubt that either you got it or you don't? I mean, I'm going to give Robin the freedom and say, Matt, you're not welcome here. It's okay because I can't carry the tune. I can carry a tune in a shower. It sounds great. I only work for the deaf guy. Okay, I got it. I got it. But I want to challenge you, whatever the ministry is, get your feet wet and see what happens. And if you doesn't work, don't count it as a failure, but ex it's an experiment. And move on. That's what I did. The second one is, this is critical, never, never, never compare your shape, your ministry, with somebody else. The Bible said don't do it. For example, Dave Knight are a preacher. If I compare my preaching ability toward Dave, say, I'm better than him. You know what that means? Pride. That's not good. Or I can reverse this and say, Dave is a whole lot better and great communicator. This guy is wise and older. I mean, he's really old. <laughs> Never mind, he only got two and a half years older. But he's, still, he, he's old. <laughs> he got gray hair, and I still got good hair. See? He's old. But if I did that, I would be discouraged. And next time Dave says, you want to preach? No, because I'm not good enough because, Dave, you're much better. I don't deserve to come up and do this. Don't do that. Because here's what happens. There will always, always be someone that you can be better than you, and there's always someone that you're better than someone else. Dave and I and Kyle, we're not competing. We're on the same team. We've got different personalities. Don't go there. Third and final. When you get this talent, it's not fully developed. For example, let's say you've got the gift of teaching. You need to harness it, practice, get feedback, and study. And as you do that, you become a good teacher. And then you move to a, a better teacher. And finally, within time, you will become a master teacher. For example, I grew up loving drama in high school. And as I became a Christian, I got involved in Christian drama. And I was working with other drama director who I kind of learned and got trained. It wasn't until I turned 30 become I, before I became a thir uh, drama director. In that process, I still study and went to workshops and I still learn. In other words, I, I developed, I grow, and got better and better as a drama director. You've got to work at it. Same thing with preaching. When Dave and I went to Bible college, we had no intention to become a preacher. I went because I want to learn more about the Bible. But God laid on my heart and said, while you're learning, how about doing this stuff? I said, uh-uh. It's kind of like Rich. I'm not preaching. I'll just do the drums. But God said, you need to come here. And so as I move in this direction, I develop and discover my talent. So I went to speech therapy. I joined Toastmaster. I got booked. And everyone continues to develop and get better. Even to this day, I'm still learning. Think about your shape. Discover it and develop. And why we do this? Because each one, God said, you give us, each one of us, you're a masterpiece. And he wants you to serve. And why we do that, what we're doing? We're giving God the glory. So no matter what ministry you involve, do the best you can. And by doing that, 
God will be glorified. Are you ready to be shaped up? I hope so. Let's close with a prayer. Lord, as we evaluate our shape, help us understand what is our spiritual gift that you graciously give it to us and help us to develop and understand the weakness and strength and, and be affected. Also, help us evaluate our heart, our love, and our ability. Also, God, help us discover what is our personality where we can fit somewhere that we can be more affected. And Lord, let's not be afraid to take our painful experiences that might launch into a very special ministry that other people can be blessed. And Lord, there are some people here who are not a Christian. I pray that they too will come on board, recognize that the gospel is the good news that God came on this earth and became Christ Jesus, who lived the life that we should live, but died the death that we should have died. But we know after three days he rose from the grave proving that he's the son of God and give life, eternal life, to anyone who believes, repents, and be baptized. I pray they make that decision so they can join us and be shaped into serving you, help them discover and develop so they can give glory to you. God, we give you glory. We give you praise. And I help today, the branch church, to be encouraged and take that initial to discover their shape. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, church, do you think God has shaped Matt Shively to do what he just did for us today? Would you give it up for Matt Shively? <laughs> Amen, Matt. And Cynthia, thank you for allowing that testimony to be shared with the branch today. God bless you, Matt. Hey, everybody, uh, on this uh, card, the connection card again, there's a green box on there. just want to invite you to check off maybe something in there that uh, would propel you, engage you in to weekly or monthly ministry, or at least at our big events. There's a couple of areas there, as well as on the back side. I want to invite you to place these inside those branch planter pots here on the tables or in the uh, section there, if you could pass them through the row so everybody can have a branch planter pot come before them. We appreciate that very much. want to invite you to stand. Those of you that have children, as we have this last song, please go and retrieve your children. Uh, don't leave the branch without your children today, okay? Yeah. <laughs>